Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, we are graced by a special guest, Tim Downing. He, Tim is the general manager of Duratherm Window Company, which is part of the luxury division of Pella. Tim has been with Duratherm since 1984 after graduating from the University of Maine the same year. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lance. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks, glad to have you. Uh, why, don't you why don't we, before we get into Duratherm, everything Pella, why don't you peel back the onion a little bit about uh, for us about, about your, your entrepreneurship? Where did it come from? Did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs? Where does a business acumen come from? Well, it's interesting. My, my dad uh, owned a uh, print shop uh, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Uh, and uh, so I, I suspect that that's where uh, the initial entrepreneurship came in. I, my brothers uh, also uh, have bis- been in businesses of their own. Uh, so we, we sort of are a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, our dad uh, had a, a uh, strong work ethic, uh, actually had a grandfather uh, who was a, a vice president of RCA uh, prior to uh, World War II. So, uh, you know, hard work uh, and appreciation of uh, business ownership and what it can bring uh, to society and, and for the people involved in it, uh, certainly involved. Uh, that being said, I never imagined uh, being in a manufacturing setting with as many employees i i had i was a finance major mm-hmm. so i had this vision mm-hmm. of maybe hanging up a shingle and and offering uh, financial services uh after i got some experience under my belt uh but be, uh started as a, a stair salesman uh here at, at duratherm we also make uh wood spiral stairs and uh <clears throat> so that's that's how i get into uh, the business and, and sort of a bit of my background as to to what maybe was a spark that I didn't know existed uh, until I got in the right setting. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the sales. And then how did you transition? So were you just that good of a salesman that they were like, look, we got to have this guy owning Duratherm? Oh, gosh, that, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I wish I were that good, but uh, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And what what happened, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, my my blessing uh, was at a, a very tragic uh, situation at Duratherm in that uh, the controller that uh, they'd hired about the same time that I came in as a stair salesman uh, had a massive heart attack uh, and uh, died at the age of 41. And so Duratherm found themselves w- without a controller. And they asked our public, uh, the GM at the time, asked the public accountant, you know, what his thoughts were and, and that they had a young person uh, that had a finance background, uh, but he didn't have much business experience. What did they think? So they sort of interviewed me and and mm-hmm. got a, a sense of of what my uh, you know background and, and knowledge was and they came back and they said no they said we think that Tim Downing might be able to to uh, fit your needs so they gave me the opportunity and what that gave me 
the opportunity to do was from the finance side of the business to sort of uh, get a, a handle and an understanding, uh, a holistic understanding of the Duratherm business because I was interacting with with purchasing, production, sales, estimating, as well as as finance and HR. Uh, so it was a it was a per given my background and uh, study. Uh, it was a perfect opportunity for me to understand and and get a greater understanding of the entire business. It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like you really. I mean, right place, right time, sort of thing. Were you were you nervous for that? position that you interviewed for and what kind of position was it like what well, was the title the, the the title was controller uh which was basically responsible for the the finances of Duratherm. and well i was probably more naive that i should have been nervous uh but I, I was just young and green enough to to think that uh i i had what it took and and then I got a little more nervous because Duratherm's history, uh, you know, as a, um, you know, upstart business uh, had always uh, struggled financially. So uh, I began to get more nervous as I studied the uh, monthly financials and, and saw the challenges associated mm -hmm. with uh, such a business uh, in custom manufacturing. Yeah, I bet. What a cool story. I mean, I, I know it's where well, there's some tragedy involved and everything, but wow, I love the fact that you were so green and then you jumped into it. It reminds me of a lot of entrepreneurs who just kind of go for it. Uh, to go back in time just a little bit, do you have any, when you were a salesman, I, I'm always interested in picking salesmen's brains um, because everybody has their unique tips or tricks. Do you have any of those that you would share with us? Maybe some, some fundamentals for any salesmen, saleswomen out there? Well, I, I think the most important thing, at least from my perspective, was that I was involved in selling a product that uh, was really, it was a high quality product. And I believed in it uh, uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, I, I had a, a strong belief in the people behind the, the, the craftsmanship that, that it took to manufacture it. And, and uh, so that, that really is the thing, you know, there are some people that they say can sell anything. Uh, I'm certainly not one of those people. Uh, but I do think that I can sell anything that I'm passionate about. And that certainly fit the bill with the uh, product offerings that, that we offered, that I offered as a young salesperson. And then it just uh, was reemphasized uh, and reinforced with the quality products that Duratherm makes uh, with custom windows and doors. Yeah, got to stand behind your product. When yeah. you took over, when you took over as controller, how, how big, how many employees um, did Duratherm have at that point? Oh, we at that point in time, we were about uh, 65, 70 employees uh, at the time. We had sh shortly thereafter, um, I guess when, when I got into ownership, uh, was right around uh, 1990 where there was a, a, I won't say depression, but there was a recession mm -hmm. and a uh, <clears throat> contraction of the market in the Northeast where, where we were uh, heavily involved with at the time. So uh, at the time that, that I started in, in ownership, uh, we had uh, been reduced to about 35 uh, employees. Um, and then we uh, we were able to to 
persevere and and uh, then brought the the numbers back up. Uh, so we we have had as many as as 94, 95 employees uh, at Duratherm uh, at at the the heyday, um, mm-hmm. and and now we're in a a modest position uh, with with our relationship with Pala, where we've got about 65 employees. Yeah, it's probably a good balance. It sounds like. I mean, you mentioned like 30 to six, 30 to 90, and now you're sort of in this this medium area. Um, when when what was what was Duratherm? So you, you kind of started t- touching some of these topics about you know what it was like when when you first bought into it when you when you were in ownership. But what were some of the key things that you did to maybe improve that machine? Was there a lot of um, Scrum kind of effects and, and strategies you were taking, or or, or other things that maybe I'm missing? Well, the I, I would say that the the pro the Duratherm history uh, has always been uh, to meet the needs of the architectural community uh, with its wood windows and doors and, and primarily in a contemporary setting uh, and, and, and style of architecture. Uh, but within that, there, there were just some things that existed that they, there was never really anyone that, I would, for lack of a better term, take the bull by the horns and make some of the tough decisions in creating an organization that uh, not only would serve the architectural needs, uh, but could uh, be successful as a business uh, as well. So that was one of the things that I, I think um, I was able to do uh, with my finance background was to assess and evaluate and utilize the gifts and talents of the skilled people that we had, but organize them in a, in a way uh, that made their gifts and talents uh, to the to the greatest value to the customer to to the business. And then ultimately, that meant us being able to provide a greater service to the customer. Yeah, and a better product, I'm sure, for sure. And a better, and a better product as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that product a little bit. Um, tell us about how it's built, the team behind the craft, especially when it comes to all wood windows and doors. I know one, one of the hot things right now is all fiberglass, but I, I do, I have Pella in my house. Um, uh, I have the architectural series, but I would love to hear more about the Duratherm product. And, and I took a look at the website before the meeting and it, they're absolutely stunning windows. I mean, okay. and I'm a, con- I'm a contemporary architect, so I'm telling, they're just beautiful. Oh, great. Well, again, we, we started uh, with uh, working with uh, one of the uh, wonderful uh, architects in contemporary architecture in American history, uh, Louis Kahn, mm-hmm. uh, when we uh, start, worked with him on the um, Exeter Library uh, in Exeter, New Hampshire. And uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful project. We actually weren't even uh, working. Uh, initially, we were just doing interior millwork uh, at the time, but the founder, Phil Cole, and uh, Mr. Khan uh, struck up a, a relationship. And uh, as the theory goes, we uh, ended up 
or Phil and and Mr. Khan ended up in a uh, in a bar, and uh, Khan was was talking about the the need for uh, a a wood contemporary product for his uh, institutional and commercial buildings. And Phil said, "Oh, I think I can do that." And he also wanted low maintenance, uh, mm -hmm. so the materials of mahogany and teak came out. But the Durham folklore is that Phil started sketching on a cocktail napkin uh, some details. And and Khan would uh, counter uh, with some of the refines, and they came back from that meeting, and uh, the drafting team at Durham at the time then developed this uh, this initial line of uh, contemporary wood windows based on a mahogany interior, teak exterior, which allowed for a beautiful warmth, uh, but also low maintenance uh, because teak has natural oils that uh, will. Uh, go to the surface and, and so they'll patina this beautiful gray uh, when they're exposed uh, to the to the sun. And and so that would that was the the advent. Uh, but Phil was also a, a boat builder so uh, and a yachtsman. So so he brought a lot of uh, that knowledge and understanding of these hardwoods uh, into to the shop and had just a wonderful I mean Central Maine at that time just had a, a wonderful, everyone uh, worked with wood, uh, built their own houses, built their cabinets, you know, most of the furniture that were in their houses, uh, they usually built. So uh, we really started out with, with a great team of craftsmen that, that just loved to work with wood in their hands. And, and so that allowed uh, Phil to, to build this, this reputation of being able to not only uh, Phil was great at listening, and, and we've carried on that tradition of listening to what the architect's uh, desires are, but then being able to uh, take our knowledge of construction and uh, glazing to make sure that we can do it in the way that they want to, but also that provides uh, performance uh, against the elements, uh, air, water, infiltration, et cetera. Yeah, what yeah. An, what you guys really stepped up to the plate. Uh, he, he, Khan is a architectural giant, in in my opinion. I mean, he he's just he's just amazing. And I'm looking at some photos as you're speaking about with the Exeter uh, Exeter uh, Academy Library. So it's if everybody's listening, and I'll, I'll I'll put a link in, but it's E X E T E R, and the kiosks where people can sit and read. Um, they're back to back, and then they are adjacent to the windows and the fact that the wood matched. I mean, you guys talk about really stepping up to the plate for somebody like, um, like Lewis Kahn. That's incredible. I got to imagine. Then I looked up the Salk Institute. Are those also, um, your guys's windows there? Cause they, it says they're teak. They, they are not. Uh, we have worked with, uh, the facilities maintenance of Salk, uh, <clears throat> over the years as consultant we've actually not done uh work that that we've been paid for uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but, uh as as they've needed upkeep they have seen our website and they're familiar with our reputation working with teak uh and uh so we we have uh consulted with them over the years uh but uh yeah very similar sort of style with with the panel uh concept of the salk institute but yeah. someone else must have done those yeah, I, I, okay. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask because I it just, I mean, I just, I have these visions in my head imprinted forever about about his work. Um, if you're an architecture student, it just gets pounded into your head in a good way. 
what talk about the technology that you've seen evolve so from the eight from the early 80s all the way up until now has what has the technology done for you guys in terms of designing fabrication and then how are you guys utilizing that stuff today well, the, the, the design, I, I guess I'll start with the design, because uh, when I came in in 84, uh, our drafting team was was still drafting tables, pencil and paper. Uh, and uh, they were very good at what they did. Uh, we, our shop drawing, we take a lot of pride in our shop drawings. We think it's the first product that the architect actually sees uh, from mm-hmm. us. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a wonderful way of communicating with an architect, collaborating with them. It's it's sort of they've got their own language in terms of uh, working through shop drawing in the shop drawing process um, with, with AutoCAD uh, and uh, utilizing that and and so we we now uh, utilize uh, both AutoCAD also 3D uh, configurations has. Uh, ability has allowed us to communicate with the shop as well uh, to give them more information on the on the um, tooling side and and uh, equipment side uh, there are a lot of companies that have gone to to CNC machining uh, to do it uh, we have sort of shied away from that because of the type of, of work that that we do and the customization that we do you sort of become a a slave to the machine uh, and there's a, there's a loss of um, the the hands of the craftsman actually touching mm. the wood it, it becomes more of a mechanical aspect where you know it's a push and play and then the guy sort of watches the machine do the work um, we have have shied away from that because we we do feel that the uh, there's an important step in in having that knowledge, uh, and and what what makes Duratherm great is our longevity of our employees. Our our average years of service out in the shop is about 17 years. Uh, in the in the office, uh, our average years of service is over 22 wow. uh, now. So uh, <clears throat> having the people that do something for the first time and then are able to retain that knowledge and share it uh, for the next and, and sort of build upon it. It's, it's, it really is a, a wonderful uh, example of continuous improvement uh, in a sort of uh, old-fashioned setting uh, that that allows you to work with this this trade of, of wood uh, but but actually uh, utilize the gifts and talents and and to collaborate uh, there, there's so much collaboration that goes on at, at Duratherm so so we have uh, some a machine called the drill X uh, which allows us to do uh, a lot of machining that, that's required uh, and macros are, are developed to do that but the, the the great machine that we have here is a, is a wizard which has a series of stacked heads which uh, allows for you to run all the joinery and profiles uh, of a for example a tilt turn window without having to do multiple setups uh, so that that has really been the the piece of equipment that was custom designed for us and our particular uh, applications that and, and types of windows that we manufacture that
that has has allowed us to uh, be more efficient uh, in the way we produce the units without giving up the uh, the the quality of, or in the involvement of the joiner because because we never want to lose that uh, that uh, important aspect of craftsmanship. Yeah, I really like that, and I really was intrigued and and liked the fact that you mentioned how long you have. Uh, people working there. I mean, that, that says a lot for the integrity of the company. It says a lot for how they, how they treat people. And if people are treated well, then they create great products. What, what do you think has led to that kind of longevity at a, at a company like you guys, like you guys are building and, and have maintained there? Well, I, I think, you know, we'd like to think that it's, it's a lot of the things that, that you talked about, uh, but we really, in Central Maine, we have the unique opportunity uh, to provide career opportunities for uh, folks that have a passion for, for wood and, and architecture. Uh, I mean, I, I had to be uh, led to the water, the architectural passion water uh, from others that were involved because I had a finance background. Right. I, I really didn't have a lot of insight uh, into architecture. I didn't know who uh, Louis Kahn was at, at the time, uh, but I learned very quickly and I, being involved to the level that we are and, and all of us, I think, share this, uh, we have a great appreciation for the art and science of architecture. Uh, and, and these folks are, are visionaries and, and they're extremely talented and, and we get, we're blessed with the opportunity to work with some of the best uh, in the world, uh, not just uh, in the last 10 years, but over the, the last century uh, of architecture. Um, if you look at the, the list of, of architects that, that we've been involved with, and uh, that's just really cool. Uh, and then for people to be able, as, as a production worker, to see the wood come in, uh, dimensional lumber, have it go through the process, it comes out with, and, and when it's all said and done, glazed and ready to go on the truck, it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful uh, windows uh, with the warmth of the wood, nice, thin, clean lines. Uh, and then to top it all off for us six months later to be able to share a finished product. Uh, picture uh, with with the crew and and for them to go through our website and see and and share with their family. Uh, you know, I made that. Uh, mm -hmm. And this these are the types of projects that that they're going into. Uh, we always say, you know, we live vicariously uh, through the projects that we uh, we work with and and uh, the uh, where they are and and what they are because. Uh, None of us probably can afford our own product, uh, but uh, we we are are able to fully appreciate uh, what it is uh, that we bring. And you know, I had a customer one time talk to me about how it was important that he used the term pristine, uh, and that that was what his expectation mm -hmm. was of a Duratherm uh, product, and and what he and his wife uh, were were searching for. Uh, when they when they got that and and when they actually saw it uh, and got to use it every day because because they aren't just beautiful, uh, Duratherm was also designed to be very functional uh, as well and and long term. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I think I think you hit you hit. I mean, I I had no expectations for your answer other than I thought I thought it was going to be something 
as pristine as you as you as you laid it out there for us. Um, yeah. So bravo to you guys for maintaining that kind of culture and longevity. And, and then uh, sounds like when you do bring new people in, man, they're just funneled in and, and, and it, it teaches they, they're taught by the masters that have that have been there for a while. Um, let's kind of transition into uh, obviously you sold Duratherm to Pella and their luxury division. Um, and so therefore, you know, like you said, you're, you're a huge ad- advocate for what your division can do for architects and the close relationship you have with them. Tell us a little bit about that sale and, and what it was like for, for you. And, and was it an easy transition? And then what you guys do for architects and designers can maybe compared to, you don't have to name other brands, but what do you, what do you, how do you guys go maybe above and beyond and, and kind of add that extra touch? Well, uh, I guess I would start off by saying that I had no, I was not looking to to sell the company. Uh, mm-hmm. I my my retirement plan was to not retire. Uh, I love what I do and uh, love the the people that I do it with. And so it was interesting that I got a call and uh, they said it was from Pella. And so I figured I have to take the call. And and then, you know, it, it sort of went into, you know, have you ever thought of, of uh, you know, selling the business? And I had to say, no, not really. Uh, but and they said, well, would you? Uh, so we began a dialogue and uh, quickly found out that as, as um, small as we were and as large as Pella was, uh, our values uh, were very, very similar. Uh, I, the, the folks at Palo were just wonderful. Uh, you know, we, we believe in the ser- uh, servant leadership management uh, and model, and that's what, how we try to model our business. Uh, meet, you know, identifying, being able to discern legitimate needs and uh, in, in, in comparison to wants, but once you identify a legitimate need, then you are all in with the resources to, to try and meet that need. And that was very, very similar to uh, the, the values that I saw with everyone that I interacted with at, at uh, Pella. Um, so very quickly, uh, it, it seemed like a, a good fit. And then they shared their vision of what uh, they were looking to accomplish with the establishment of the luxury division. and. I was just blown away uh, at their commitment to uh, just what I talked to you about earlier, uh, meeting architects' needs, and Mm -hmm. that they wanted to reach out to uh, smaller companies that already were accomplishing this and were successful in doing it. Um, And so they brought together uh, the the companies uh, via acquisition, Uh, but it, it allowed that what I saw was the ability for Duratherm to be what we always thought it could be, but were limited by uh, my limited capital uh, areas. I, I mean, as I said, I started right out of school. I, I wasn't a person of means. Uh, you know, every time we made a a growth, getting back to the entrepreneurship, uh, mm-hmm. every time we had to make a decision of are we going to go to the next level, uh, that meant that I was going to have to borrow more money 
uh, to accomplish that. Uh, and and so it, it limited, we sort of had to uh, make small leaps uh, and always thought that, that the product that we were offering and the skill set that our people were able to bring uh, could always have done more if we had more capital to do so. So Pella comes in with this vision of uh, being part of something bigger and and it was, they did a very good job in communicating the role that Duratherm would play uh, in that. So uh, I was all in at that point saying, no, this is a good thing for not only our customer base, uh, but also our employee base uh, as well. Not to mention the, the community as a whole. Uh, Pella has a, has a great um, uh, charitable arm uh, of their organization that, that we're able uh, to be a part of. And uh, they've been involved in community uh, needs uh, since, since the sale uh, five years ago. Fantastic. Yeah. I love Pella. I mean, I, like I said, I have, I have Pella in my house, uh, the next house I build, which maybe will be my last house that I do a custom build. It'll be Pella again. What, one of the brands I have zero complaints. Their customer service is fantastic. I'm so glad they included uh, you and, and have picked that up with their luxury division. Um, let's pivot away from that a little bit now and back to you a little bit. Um, you're an avid reader, a lifelong learner. What are some of the, what are, what are a few of the books you'd recommend to budding entrepreneurs? Oh gosh, uh, I I mentioned servant leadership uh, and servant leadership institution uh, institute. Uh, I had a, a HR person share with me uh, one time uh, that you know he he'd been to this. Uh, oh goodness, and uh, I'm losing the the name of the uh, person that established it. But in, but in any case. I, he was explaining servant leadership and what he learned at, at this seminar. And I didn't even know it was a way of doing business, but the way he explained it, it, it resonated with me uh, in the way that um, sometimes Charlie Brown and Lucy will interact in the Peanuts episode where Lucy will go and all of a sudden Charlie Brown will go, that's it. And, and when John was explaining it to me, I said, I've been doing, I've been applying this, you know, just intuitively uh, mm -hmm. for 20 years now, but uh, I, I haven't uh, been able to uh, articulate, I didn't even know what it existed. So um, to answer your question, I don't know, The Servant uh, is, a, is a good one. Uh, I also have a book that I always keep near me closely is Jesus uh, CEO uh, using ancient wisdom for visionary leadership uh, and uh, that, that uh, you know the ultimate servant leadership uh, in history whether you're religious or or or, or not or secular uh, Jesus is a historical figure that uh, certainly his stories demonstrate uh, the the ultimate servant. Uh, uh, leadership qualities. Um, then the other one that's that's really good is uh, you know our iceberg is melting. Uh, it, it does a a wonderful uh, utilization of of penguins and and their um, their challenge uh, in in survival to uh, to tell a, a wonderful story of um, people's and people read it and they identify their role uh, within an organization and uh, sometimes it can be quite uh, convicting. Um, the other thing that we do, you know, 
that it's not a business book, but uh, the the China study is, is a health book. Uh, and one of the big things that, that we try to implement here and we have is a wellness program uh, for our employees. And, and they work with a wellness coach. Uh, but the China study is, is a great way for people to, because uh, well, well people, well employees are productive employees. Uh, and uh, in in an industry that has, you know, we when I was 30 years old, the average age of a Duratherm employee was about 30 years old. Um, I'm now almost 60 uh, and the average age uh, is over 50. Uh, so, so Maine in particular has an aging population, but what we've found with a wellness program that we've had uh, at Duratherm for the last 10, 12 years now is that things like high blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, um, <clears throat> uh, type 2 diabetes that people thought were inevitable as you age. Um, we actually have demonstrated that uh, with proper attention, diet, and, and uh, fitness that you can reverse uh, those things, and you can actually improve, uh, even though uh, you have an aging population. And and so I, that's as I said, it's not a business thing, but it, it's important that people understand, and and I think it's important that companies demonstrate that they have a care for the wellness of their their employees. The, that we genuinely uh, care, and and you know. Work with think of them as as people, not numbers or or replaceable items, and and that's the other thing that Pella does so so well. Uh, the the Farver family uh, is just uh, a a case study uh, in in caring not just for their uh, employees but also uh, for uh, an entire community. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, one last question I'd like to ask everybody, Tim, is it, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time when you first started um, at, at Duratherm, uh, even before you were, you know, the controller, uh, mm -hmm. what is one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Well, uh, I, I'm going to spin that a little bit and, and tell you that I got a, I got some advice from, I'm the youngest of six, as I've told you, you know, other entrepreneurs. And one of my brothers, who is a physical therapist, when I told him that I got this job at Duratherm, because I, I wanted to get a job that was in the area. I live in central Maine. I love where I live. I've never moved in my entire life. So I draw, I drew a radius around uh, things. That's how I connected with, with Duratherm and I was willing to take anything. Uh, but so I explaining to my brother that I have this, uh, this job and, and I'm selling spiral stairs and explain, and he goes, yeah, he says, that's a nice uh, start a job. You get some experience and you move on. And I said, you know, I don't know. There's something about this place that uh, I uh, resonate with. And I said, I think I might be here for a while. And, uh, you know, 37, almost 37 years later, uh, I, I'm here. So I guess the advice that I would give or myself is to make sure that you are doing something that you enjoy doing, that you're passionate about, and not listen 
to advice that tells you uh, to go to a career because it offers the greatest opportunity now. Uh, you know, I, I remember my daughter, uh, as she went through school, uh, people advising her to go into nursing. Uh, well, she really had a passion for early childhood education. Um, and uh, thank God she, she ended up going in that direction and she's very successful in that. But uh, initially, uh, the the hot topic was uh, nursing, and and that's where you'll make more money. And it's it's not about the money. I, I a book that any entrepreneur ought to read Moneyball. Uh, yeah. With Billy Bean, uh, because you know he says you know I'll never I'll never take another I'll never do anything for money again uh, after the tough decision that he made uh, of signing it and not going to Stanford. And uh, I I. I I resonate with that and wholeheartedly agree that don't do something for money. Uh, do something if, that you're passionate about, and uh, this the security will come. Uh, but but you will uh, will definitely benefit. In uh, your life will be very very richly uh, rewarded uh, by following your passions. Oh, beautiful. That that was wonderful, Tim. It, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing the story of, of your company and um, all of the knowledge and everything that, you, that you've built up and the recommendations too. Uh, if anybody is interested, I, I actually, I, th I sent you a LinkedIn request uh, to, to be my LinkedIn um, acquaintance on there, Tim. Um, but if anybody wants to check out their windows go to pellaluxury.com forward slash the firm again that's pellaluxury.com forward slash the firm and that'll take you right to the luxury division of pella and then through that um, you can find the duratherm window company and check out everything that they that they have going on so thanks again tim i really appreciate your time today well thank you lance it's been a pleasure uh you do your job well and made mine easy so Alrighty. i appreciate that okay god bless god bless take care bye, -bye.